We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This edition of Realtree Rebels, I'm Chase Parm, and today we're going to talk with Rob Evans, who's the Ole Miss basketball coach from 1992 to 1998, and he is back this weekend for the return to Tadsmith Coliseum. The Rebels face Sam Houston State at 8 o'clock on Friday night at Tadsmith Coliseum, the first time since the pavilion opened in 2016. So it should be a really fun weekend, fun night of basketball for the Rebels and Sam Houston State, and uh, Rob Evans in town for that. They're honoring him as he uh, was the coach, the architect of that era of Ole Miss basketball, building it into prominence. He won back-to-back SEC titles, took Ole Miss to back-to-back NCAA tournament games as well, and, and signed a lot of the notable figures from that era of Ole Miss basketball. So I sat down with Rob uh, at Tadsmith Coliseum in his old office, and we uh, we talked a lot about his background, his growing up, his path to Ole Miss, and then what all went into uh, signing Ansu Cisse and Keith Carter and the names that you know and love from Ole Miss basketball. So great conversation with Rob. Really appreciate his time as, again, he is in Oxford this weekend. He's currently an assistant to the uh, president and uh, the AD at at SMU, um, working again with Gerald Turner, who is who hired him as a basketball coach here. Turner was the chancellor at Ole Miss during that period of time. So, anyway, great stuff. Really appreciate uh, the time and all his stories. I think you will, too. This is an absolutely fantastic podcast. It's a great episode that uh, hopefully you will hear the entire thing here coming up in just a second. And then, as always, we appreciate the people at Realtree, realtree.com. You know, to go there for uh, great recipes. It's getting into the colder weather, so, you know, game meats and things. A lot of recipes that make sense for your uh, cooking needs. Also, all your outdoor gear. Realtree can help you out. They're in stores, obviously, but go check out Realtree.com. You'll like what you see. A lot of interactive stuff there with that website r- r- website at Realtree.com. And remember, all podcasts at MPW Digital brought to you by Twisted Tea. So let's, uh, let's get on with it. The reason you're here, my conversation with the former Ole Miss basketball coach, Rob Evans. Rob, I really appreciate the time today. Uh, you're back in town for the uh, return to Tad Smith on Friday night. Got a lot of activities, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, we're actually in your old office right now. What's the, When was the last time you were in Tad Smith Coliseum, Rob? Uh, <clears throat> I think the last time I was in Tad Smith was um, probably three, four years ago. I uh, came back to 
to film some uh, documentary stuff that uh, that they're doing on me. But uh, spent a, a few days here and really uh, went around town, went down uh, to town square and saw some people and visit with some friends. So uh, it's been really uh, it's been really great being back. The uh, town's got a little more crowded, a little busier since you were here now. Yeah, my wife always says that. She's been back here and she always talks about how crowded it is. And, uh, but uh, that makes it nice. You know, people uh, love Oxford and they, uh, you know, I always tell people, even people that uh, leave Oxford, they eventually come back, you know, such a draw. So did you did you know Chris Beard at all prior to this? What was your experience with him at all? Yeah, I, I knew Chris. I didn't know him uh, uh, well. But I had followed his career because I knew that he was uh, uh, he had uh, I was coaching at Texas Tech, uh, where I had coached for 15 years as an assistant coach. So I followed the good coaches. I follow guys that I really respect. Uh, and uh, uh, Chris was one of those guys. Uh, watch every game. Uh, so I uh, didn't know him uh, extremely well, but I knew of him and I knew that he was a good coach. I was excited when I knew he was coming to Ole Miss. So you got to watch a little practice today. Are you still still a basketball junkie? You enjoy just taking it in and watching what they're doing and that kind of thing? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, you never – my wife always told me that even when you retire, you're never going to retire from coaching. It's always in you. So, uh, And that's kind of what I do now. You know, I'm at SNU right now as special assistant athletic director and kind of, uh, you know, mentoring to the uh, uh, young uh, athletes and the young administrators and also with working with men's and women's basketball. So – Still uh, have the opportunity to do it. I'm so thankful that I do because uh, it's it's part of my life. You uh, had an opportunity to speak to the team. What was kind of your message to them today? Uh, the message to them is just the, the fact that uh, to be successful, uh, you know, you have to – you got guys that have been like, like Chris Beard, who's got a tremendous amount of experience, uh, had a lot of success. And you want to listen to those guys because they've been successful. Uh, I have Keith Carter here, who's uh, was one of my former players here, and I told those guys, you know, those guys listened. He and Michael White, who's the mm-hmm. head coach at Georgia, and Anthony Boone, who's the head coach at UCA. I could go on and on and on, but the reason that those guys were uh, successful is because uh, uh, they had a mentor, and Chris Beard's a mentor to them. So, uh, and, and I also talked to them about the fact that uh, there's an obligation that you have. Uh, uh, you hear at Ole Miss, Ole Miss is. Uh, given the opportunity, and you have an obligation, and while you're here, take advantage of uh, all the things that are here. When did you first uh, hear about this game tomorrow night, having the chance to be involved at the level you have? How did it kind of come about from your end? Well, Chris called me sometime back, uh, some months back, and and said, Coach, we'd love for you to come back. Uh, uh, We would want to honor you and your team and and the people that uh, your support staff and uh, I, I, I was overwhelmed with it uh, because uh, somebody to think that much of me and my family and my wife to uh, want us to come back and do that. Uh, uh, so uh, he wanted to know what my schedule was and if the schedule worked in. He was trying to work it in his schedule and, and just so happened that it did work in. And they've been in constant contact with me and my wife about everything. And we're just so appreciative uh, of uh, uh everything that they're doing, uh, honoring us and giving us the opportunity to come back and see some people. Have you heard from a lot of people? What do you expect tomorrow night? It seems like there's a big crowd headed in for tomorrow. You know, what's so ironic is I've heard from so many people, uh, people that uh, I hadn't heard from in a while. Uh, one case in point, my first year here, uh, had a young man that uh, played for me. 
uh, and uh, he called me, and uh, he's from New Orleans, um, and Edmund Fitzgerald, mm -hmm. and uh, he just, I hadn't talked to him since 1993, 94. Oh, wow. And he's a doctor in uh, North Carolina. And he said, Coach, I'm, I wish that I could make it. I can't make it because he's on a committee that they got meetings and he can't miss the meetings. But he wanted me to tell everybody at Ole Miss that he looked forward to getting back here at some point. Uh, but he just he was just really thankful. He said, I, I remember you writing a letter for me to get me into med school. And I didn't remember that, but I know that's what I would have done because he was a tremendous young man, uh -huh. smart guy. Uh, but I've, I've heard from so many people, uh, not only players, but uh, coaching friends of mine around the country, college coaching friends that are coming in uh, as, as part of it. Uh, uh, my former secretary coming in, uh, uh, my son and my daughter and my grandkids. And mm -hmm. so it's just going to be a great reunion. We're really looking forward to it. Yeah, Miss Carroll here with us today. How'd y'all meet? How, what's that story? Well, uh, we grew up together. Okay. Uh, we're from the same uh, town in New Mexico, Hobbs, New Mexico. And uh she um is a couple of years younger than me uh and we have same neighborhood she and my sister were classmates and uh she uh my sister kept trying to uh get us together and uh so uh we finally uh started dating and we were engaged for for a few years because i was uh, coaching as grad as assistant coach at new mexico state and i was coaching and i I wasn't making a whole lot of money, and I didn't feel like I, I, I could support her. Uh, but um, uh, we went to the same school, same elementary school together, same junior high school, um, same high school. So we've known each other all of our lives, and uh, we've been uh, married for 53 years. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm just fortunate. I mean, I'm blessed. My dad told me that I was blessed uh, to uh, have somebody like her. But uh, in all those 53 years, I have seen it. Uh, when you're coaching, when you're coaching, and your coach's wife, it's a different dynamic. Mm -hmm. And she's just been um, she she's the absolute best that uh, that God could have ever uh, given me. In that profession, you don't do anything alone because everything's there's, there's stuff. Well, and it's really tougher on on them than it is on the coach because they're having to uh, live and die with um, every game, live and die with every situation, whether you're employed or unemployed. Uh, fans uh, happy or unhappy, uh, they're hearing all of that uh, while I'm busy trying to be successful. Uh, so it's tougher on family. It's really tough on the wife. But she's been a godsend, and she's just been an a, a unbelievable mate for me. I was doing a little research looking around, and how'd you sort of – what was your sports background growing up? It's like you are pretty successful at multiple sports. What was that like playing as a youth and then moving up through, through high school? Well, I I, um, I had four four brothers and uh, three older brothers, and they all played sports. And in our neighborhood, everybody played. So in the neighborhood, when I was a young kid, probably 10, 11 years old, my older brother, uh, we'd always play uh, sports, football, basketball, baseball, and all of that. And uh, I'd go out and play with those older guys. And my older brother would, uh, you know, I, I felt like I was getting uh, uh, bullied around a little bit and uh, kind of start complaining, and, and he would just tell me, hey, Rob, you know, you want to play with us? You shut up and play. You want to cry? Go back in the house. <laughs> and uh, I would uh, – so I kind of grew up that way and then started playing all the sports, uh, played basketball, baseball, football in junior high school and ran track in, 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 in the high school. And um, my dad, uh, in my junior year, 
told me, he said, you know, Rob, you're pretty good at all these sports. And that's what you're going to be pretty good. You need to decide which two sports you want to play and get really good at those two. And I gave up football in, in my junior in high school and played basketball and baseball and was um, uh, very fortunate. Uh, we got scholarship to Lovell Christian College where I met uh, one of my teammates, which was Gerald Turner, who was uh, the former chancellor here at Ole Miss and is now the at the, uh, the president at SMU. Right. Uh, so he and I have a long term friendship, but uh, he uh, I was there and then went to New Mexico State uh, after making All American at Level Christian and went to Level and went to New Mexico State and played for Lou Henson, Hall of Fame coach. Uh, and ironically, my last game that I played at New Mexico State was against. UCLA in the NCAA tournament quarterfinals against Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and that group, UCLA. And uh, I came back uh, to uh, uh, New Mexico State the next day, and the football coaches were trying to talk me into playing my fifth year uh, for football mm -hmm. at New Mexico State. And, and I really didn't want to play. And so uh, as, as luck would have it, there was an assistant coach, uh, Oakland Raider assistant coach there, uh, looking at football players at New Mexico State by the name of John Madden. And uh, I, I told the football coaches I wasn't going to play. And so John Madden tried to talk me in the plan for them. And so after he found out that I wasn't going to play, uh, he asked me, uh, he said, they tell me that you're the uh, best athlete on this campus. And I said, well, I was voted the number one athlete on campus. And he said, would you mind running a 40-yard dash for me outside? And I went out and ran a 40-yard dash for him. And he clocked it. And then he said, would you mind running that again? And I ran it again for him. And uh, short, long story short, he ends up uh, – uh, signing me to a free agent contract with the Oakland Raiders, and I was with them for a while, and then uh, had the opportunity to go back and coach basketball in New Mexico State, my alma mater for Lou Henson, and, and that's where everything got started. You had a shot in baseball, too. I mean, you had Colt 45s. I mean, yeah, you, it, it went a little ways there. Yeah, in high school, I was drafted by the Colt 45s, uh -huh. uh, who was, which are the Houston Astros now. Right. I was shortstop, and I was there, and my mother uh, told me, she said, uh, it's great that they want you. Uh, but I have other plans for you. Uh, my plans are for you, along with your other siblings, to go to college. Long term, that's the best thing, long term. If they want you there, they, they can come back and get you after you finish up. Mm -hmm. So I ended up uh, turning that down and going on and playing uh, college basketball and and then getting into coaching. And all your siblings did graduate from college, All my correct? siblings did. They're really college, college educated. And um, uh, teachers and coaches and uh, my youngest brother was the head of uh, juvenile uh, probations in, in my hometown. So uh, all success for my wife uh, graduated. And I would like to tell you she graduated with honors okay. <laughs> uh, from Wayland Baptist University. Uh, our, our kids have graduated. So, and, you know, it's ironic because my, my, my parents, my mom and dad, uh, they uh, just finished junior high school, but they were they were determined that we were going to get an education. They felt like that that was the best uh, avenue for us. And it really taught me lessons because that's why uh, I put a lot of premium on all the kids that I coach uh, graduating. And the majority of them, I mean, I'm saying 90 something percent of them. Uh, I can't, I can't think of one that haven't. Uh, and they've all gone back. If, even if they hadn't finished, they've all gone back because I've been staying no, on them okay. about it. And uh and they uh, have uh, they've all graduated from uh, from uh, college. And and the one thing that we promised them uh, when we recruited them, 
that, and I tell their parents, uh, the one thing I will, I will promise you is that they're going to graduate from college. They're going to get a degree. And when they do get that degree, my wife and I are going to be sitting in the stands mm -hmm. uh, uh, watching them because we're going to be so proud. And even when we left Ole Miss and went to Arizona State, uh, my wife and I would catch red eyes and come back to Ole Miss uh, to make sure that we were here for Jason Smith and Josephine mm -hmm. Darby and John Cantrell and I could go on Buck Flair, all those guys, um, uh, graduation, because that's what we promised. I'm going to get to Ole Miss in one second. I'm going to back up real quick. You mentioned Kareem the year before. I think Elvin Hayes was mm -hmm. the guy that put you, you, you out. You ran into a per, per, tough draws there. What do you remember from those two games, just well, playing those type of players? We were, when when I when I went to uh, New Mexico State, I came out of JUCO. As I said, I was an All-American there. And and Coach Henson, as he had just taken the job there. And uh, he put together a team of JUCO guys and a couple of older guys that uh, uh, that had played before. And we went in there. The year before we got there, they were 4-22. and 22. They won four games, lost 22. They were the uh, worst team in the country that year. Um, and uh, we went in there the first year. And that was uh, the year after uh, Texas Western had won a national championship. Glory Road guys, all those guys, Shed and Cajun and Worsley and all those guys are good friends of mine, longtime friends of mine. And uh, we went in there, and uh, uh, they had just won a national championship. They had everybody back, and uh, we beat them nine straight times. They couldn't wow. beat us uh, at all when I was uh, when I was there. But we ended up the first year we played uh, uh, in the NC two A tournament. Uh, we played Elvin Hayes and Houston, uh, John Cheney, John Cheney, and uh, we played him in at Colorado State, and uh, we end up. They they were the number two team in the country, and we ended up they ended up playing for the national championship that year. I got, I think with Kareem in that group against UCLA, and they beat us one point, and we had a chance to win the game. They called a charge on me. Oh really? Uh, at the buzzer, uh, which was very questionable. But um, <laughs> um, so we we end up uh, the next year uh, we got back to the tournament, and we played uh, uh, Dick Bottas' team Weber State the first round. And we beat them. And then we played uh, UCLA, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Mike Warren, and Lucius Allen, those guys uh, in Albuquerque, which is close oh, to cool. us. So yeah. uh, we uh, they, they were undefeated that year, and they won a national championship. They beat us nine uh, in Albuquerque. So, uh, But great memories. Mm -hmm. yes. Oh, I have the shot. I have a shot. Uh, uh, that I sometimes show people of uh, me shooting the ball over Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. People ask me, they look at it, and they see me shoot, and they say, Rob, did he block it? Yes. And I always tell them, I said, no, he was too flat-footed. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a long time. Uh, I know at Texas Tech, you're at Oklahoma State, under Eddie Sutton for a couple seasons. Gerald's obviously at Ole Miss at that point. Mm -hmm. How did the job come about? What do you remember from from the search and then getting hired here? Yeah, I had been at, I had been at Texas Tech for 15 years. Uh, as an assistant coach, and my wife and I had decided to stay there because our kids were were doing well in school, and and uh, and I just didn't want to move them. Uh, but um, once my son got to junior junior year, my daughter was getting ready to go to mid mid high. Uh, we decided it was uh, time to, to to make a move, so uh, we ended up going to Oklahoma State with uh, Coach Sutton. Uh, Bill Self was the other assistant coach with me at that time, um, and uh, we went there and we won uh, back to back. Uh, Big eight championships went to the uh, sweet, the final eight, uh, both years, uh, and then 
Uh, I uh, we were playing a game in I think we playing uh, NC two tournament game in 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 uh, in Rupp I think I think okay. we were in Rupp Arena, and um, I get a call from uh, Coach Alford Warner Alford and Gerald Turner offered me the uh, the job. And uh, we had also had some overtures from Rice and Baylor at the time. And so we, um, I talked to my wife and I said, uh, you know, we got three opportunities. Uh, which one do you like? And she said, well, I have never been further south than Texas. So why don't we shoot for one of the Texas schools? Right, sure. I had recruited the state of Mississippi since 1968. And I traveled a lot down here in small towns, uh, Leakesville, Indianola, Shibuta, mm -hmm. Hot Coffee. Uh, I could, I, you know, I told I told the uh, um, the committee when I came here. I said I know more. I, I I've been in more cities here than most of you guys. Mm -hmm. But I had spent. I was 21 years old when I first started coming to uh, Mississippi recruiting, um, and um, so. Uh, I, I, had, I had watched Mississippi and I'd watched it grow in, grow in some regards and I'd watched it kind of uh, stale in some regards in, in, in the state. And um, I told my wife, I said, no, I said, I, I, I just, you know, I just think there's some things we can do um, uh, with the people in Mississippi. There's some things that you can do with the people in Mississippi. And there's some things that our kids can do. Uh, that I think can really help Ole Miss and and and, and the state of Mississippi, and so we decided to uh, to give it an opportunity. So when uh, Dr. Turner and uh, Warner called me and offered the job, I told him I said, "Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go talk to Coach Sutton, and I'm gonna go talk to my family, and then I'll call you guys back." I had no idea that they were just sitting there waiting on me. I thought they were expecting me to call back later on. So we yeah. went to eat. And and I talked to Coach Sutton, and when I talked to Coach Sutton, I said, Coach, they offered me the job at uh, Ole Miss, and he said, don't take it. He said, it's a graveyard for coaches, Rob. He said, I was at Kentucky, and I can tell you it's a graveyard. He said, you can take Henry Iva, you can take John Wooden, and you can take Adolph Rupp. All three together can't win at Ole Miss. <laughs> and I said, Coach, I just happen to think we can we can do some, some things there. And so uh, I called uh, – uh, Dr. Turner and Warren off the back and told him we, you know, we would uh, accept the job. And we came in and uh, I hired a staff uh, and uh, we came in and went to work. And uh, uh, so that's kind of the way it happened. So as you're building, I mean, obviously you're hearing all the reputation, you've been here, you've been recruiting and whatnot, but what was sort of those first few years like prior to the the jump? They were tough years. Those uh, years were tough years because when we first got here, there was no um, enthusiasm for, for college for men's basketball here. We saw that when we walked into the offices and saw the offices. You know, they were just antiquated. Uh, furniture, the furniture was 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 sold. Uh, the, the, the 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 brick walls were you know just. And I'll never forget. My wife came in when we walked in, and she was talking to the Cincinnati director, and we walked in and saw the office. And uh, she said, uh, we don't live like this. Mm -hmm. And so we walked in. My office was just uh, one office that just was, wasn't, very, wasn't very good. But the assistant coach's office was worse. It was just one long office. And they had cubicles that separated all the coaches. And I had five people in there and one little bitty long office. 
and uh, and there was just there was there was no support, um, uh, fan support. You know, for game we'd have games, and there'd be about eight or nine hundred people at the games. Uh, there was no budget. You know, we uh, my, my my coaches would always tell me, "Coach, we don't have this, we don't have that." And I'd, I I would tell them, "I said, don't tell me what we don't have. Tell me what we do have, and let's live with what we do have. We got to make this work." And uh, so as time went on, you know, we uh, we struggled the first couple of years, and then we uh, were able to kind of turn the corner a little bit, and then uh, got the right people in place. We were trying to make sure we got the right people in place when you start talking about. Michael White and Keith Carter, Anthony Boone, Ansu C.C., Joe Zahn Darby, Buck Flanagan, Raheem Lockhart, John Cantrell, uh, Hunter Carpenter. I could go on and on and on with, with all those guys. Uh, but, um, John, you know, uh, Johnny Rogers. Um, got those guys, and they were committed. They were committed to what I was asking them to do, uh, and we were able to kind of turn the corner. And once we turned the corner, uh, the support was unbelievable. Uh, they were, you know, we, we, we couldn't, you couldn't get a ticket. Yeah, sure. You know, uh, we'd come uh, for a game and we'd get here, games at seven o'clock and we'd come over, uh, I'd look outside of my office and, and students and people would be lined up outside in the snow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd have to go in and let them in and get pizza for them and try to get them in and keep them, keep them warm. But unbelievable support once we got started. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made of real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol, no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team, so whether you're tailgating at the stadium, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate your game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you look forward to the holidays? Maybe you struggle with seasonal blues. The holidays can be stressful, can conjure up some sadness. In other words, This time of year can be a lot, and it's natural to feel some sadness or anxiety about it. But adding something new and positive to your life can counteract some of those feelings. Therapy can be a bright spot amid all of the stress and change, something to look forward to, to make you feel grounded, to give you the tools to manage everything going on. I've benefited from therapy. It was was a work for me. It was good work for me to talk through some feelings with a professional, walk away with a new perspective. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suitable to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MPW today to get 10% off your first month. That's Better H-E-L-P. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash MPW. Our next partner is Athletic Greens. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. Give it a try because, look, my diet's not perfect. Not always getting all the vitamins, nutrients, minerals that I need every day. And AG1 can help in that. Makes me feel better like I'm doing something great for my body as well. Because it empowers the gut for whole body health. It's much more than just a greens power. 
powder. It's all of your key health products in one covering my nutritional basis for my day. Literally couldn't be any easier, which is why I trust Athletic Greens. I just mix one small scoop of AG1 with water, drink it first thing in the morning, done. Right there, I break my uh, kind of my fast overnight with AG1. It's a great routine and gets me on with my day. I also like that it costs less than three hours a day. Pretty good if you ask me. It's an effective daily habit with the highest quality source ingredients. It's a win-win. So if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, Give Athletic Greens, they're giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs for your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash mpw. That's athleticgreens.com slash mpw. Check it out. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store. Count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Hosting the holidays, HelloFresh Market is just what you need to please a crowd with all the hassle from photo-worthy charcuterie boards to mouth-watering desserts. In case you missed it, HelloFresh is much more than just delicious dinners. They can help take the hassle out of every mealtime occasion with easy breakfast, quick lunches, snacks, all delivered with your weekly box. I've been using it for a long time. They make it so simple. Most the easiest thing you can do for dinner at night. It doesn't take a chef, doesn't take any advanced experience. It just takes a little bit of effort, a little bit of time, and you have great meals with HelloFresh. So go to HelloFresh.com slash MPWFREE and use code MPWFREE for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash MPWFREE with code MPWFREE. It's HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. What when was the time where you realized that hey it is really coming? Was it signing a guy like Keith or Ansu or run through that purpose? Did you need a proof of concept? I and mean, I know you guys knocked off Nolan that year and kind of saw things going. Well, you know what really I felt like the turning point was is uh, we had played we had played um, uh, five straight games in in the con- in conference. The first game we played we played uh, at Arkansas and uh, we end up losing that game. Uh, they were they went to Sweet 16 that year. They were pretty good. Mm-hmm. And the second game with Mississippi State, they went to the Final Four that year. They were pretty good. We lost that game. Uh, we played um, uh, Georgia. They went to the Sweet 16 that year. Oh. We won three. Uh, then we played Kentucky. They won a national championship that year. We won four. We played Florida. My good friend, Lon Kruger. Yeah. And uh, they had gone to the Final Four the year before. We're zero and five. And the schedule didn't do you any favor. You, you need to get on Kramer, whoever the commissioner was yeah, back I got in the day. On, I got on him. I got on him pretty good. All right, but we end up losing those games, and and uh, I never forget. After that Florida game, I went into the locker room with my coaches, and I were going in after the game was over with. And I heard somebody talking in there. They were they they were really loud, and I heard them say, "This stuff's got to stop." And uh recognized that it was Jason Smith's voice, mm-hmm. freshman kid. And I told my staff, I said, back up, let's walk out of here. Because finally somebody hates to lose worse than we do. Yeah. And I felt like that was a turning point. Those guys were committed. Um, they did everything I asked them to do. Um, and I knew that we were turning the corner uh, at that time. We were picked last in the in the, in the league and won a, won a championship. And uh, with a lack of respect for Ole Miss basketball, we had all those guys. We just won the championship, and we had everybody coming back. We signed Jason Flanagan, and we signed Raheem Locker, two top-notch players, and they picked us last again. And I walked into the uh, 
press room in Birmingham uh, at our meetings. And I told the media, I said, you picked us last last year and we won the West. I know you're going to pick us last again and we're going to win it again. And we did. So I felt like that we had turned the corner at that time. They picked last the team that had everybody back everybody, after you won the West. That's that exactly year. right. They picked everybody back. And and when I said that, they, I could see some of the media people kind of laugh. Uh, but uh, uh, I felt like that uh, these guys, you, you can't imagine how hard these guys worked. Uh, I, I told the team today, uh, the Ole Miss team, the guys today, that uh, when I spoke to them, um, I would come into the gym one year we came into the gym during the Christmas break and the heat was turned off in, in, uh, in uh, the tad pad and it was freezing in there. You could, you could see a breath. And I walked downstairs and those guys were down there and Keith Carter and those guys and Michael White, they had on ski caps and they had on gloves. And I walked down there and I said, guys, we can't work out today. And they said, no, coach, we got to work out. We got to get ready. I knew then the commitment was unbelievable. Uh, but for for that group and and they were and it, it all paid dividends for them. The first year when you guys won the West, I was talking to one of my good friends, Jeff Robertson, earlier today, and he told me that uh, actually it, I guess I don't know what you called it, but your March Madness, you predicted that even uh, even prior to to, to to the wins coming. I I, I uh, we had March Madness, and uh, or, I, sorry, Midnight Madness, Midnight, yeah, Mad yeah, yeah, yeah. Midnight Madness, and I, uh, I I walked over and I told the guys. I told the, the, the people in the stand, I said, if you guys will get behind us and support us, we're going to win the West for you. And I, I got heard a few snickers. <laughs> they got a snicker, you know, and uh, we won the West. And so we came back. We had Midnight Madness the next year. Uh -huh. And I came back and I talked to them for a little bit and I didn't say anything. And so one of the fans raised their hand and said, Coach, are you not going to guarantee you're not going to guarantee a championship again? I said, you guys didn't believe me last year. You know, so why am I going to guarantee it? But yeah, I did. I felt like we were turning the corner. Did you ever get a my bad from Eddie Sutton later on when you started started winning a little bit? He, I never got an I, a my bad from him. What I got was he just always said he said I knew you were a good coach, mm -hmm. and he said uh, you know you you did it the right way. But I will tell you this: I spent uh, twenty four years as an assistant coach. I spent uh, two years with Eddie Sutton out of that twenty four. I learned more in those two years mm -hmm. than I did in the 22. Although Lou Henson was my coach and he was a Hall of Fame coach, he taught me a lot. But Eddie Sutton prepared assistant coaches to be head coaches. He was a, he was a, he was a, a tough taskmaster. Now, he expected perfection, but he put you in a position where you were doing your work in practice. You were coaching in practice. You were looking at film. You were preparing uh, uh, practice. You were preparing the game plan. He did everything to prepare me to be a head coach, and I thank him, thanked him for that many times. What's going through emotionally when you make the tournament that first time and you get Temple in the first round and getting get to that point? And you've obviously won the West, but you advanced to the next point where, hey, you're you know in the national conversation at that time. I was extremely proud and for the fans mm -hmm. because I knew they were long suffering, and I had we had come here. My wife and I came in with the uh, anticipation of uh, turning this into um, uh, a tremendous program. Um, and so uh, more so than anything for me, 
more so than anything for the players. I was happy for the fans. I was happy that they got a chance. I had gone to Midnight. I had gone to March Madness a lot. Yeah, sure. You know, I'd gone to Final Four in New Mexico State. But Ole Miss hadn't. And I was just so happy to see them at the pairings where they were all there anticipating where we were going, not if we were going, but where we were going. Yeah, sure. And so it was um it, it was it was a great feeling uh for me that we were building a program that I felt like would last a long time. I know you obviously had the move and a lot of stuff going on after that, but the next season I've talked to a lot of guys about it. Did it take a while to get over the Valpo thing? I mean, just mentally, how how did that sort of play out after a free? Yeah, it was tough for me. I, I you know, that's been uh well, that was in 1998. And I've not looked at that game. Have you not? I've not looked at that game yet. I see it on TV whenever they, you know, whenever they show it. I told I told the players after that game, I said, you will see this the rest of your life. Uh, I said, but you guys, you know, you, 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 did, you did tremendously getting this program turned around. But uh, I was disappointed because I felt like if we win that game, it's a possibility we could have got to the final. It really four. opened up. Yeah, it would have opened up for us because the people that had gotten beaten, who we could, who we felt like we could beat. Uh, so I was disappointed, but you know, it was just one of those things because we had the game won. We hadn't played well as well as we had been playing, but I felt like, and most times you don't play well that first game in the tournament. But I felt like we're in position to win it. We're up two mm-hmm. with three, four seconds to go, five seconds. My best free throw shooter is is at the line. He's the SEC player of the year. And he's been in this situation before. He's a senior. All he's got to do is make one. Because yeah. he makes one and we go up three. Uh, Bryce Bruton not getting a shot off on me. We're going to foul. Not sure. You know, he's he going to have to make free throws and then they're going to have to make another shot. But he missed the first one. And so uh, I, I had a timeout left. Valpo didn't. Uh, and I didn't want to take a time out and let them set anything up. Homer Drew's a good friend of mine from Valparaiso, so I knew what he would do. And uh, so I took everybody off the line except Keith. Keith stayed on the line. Mm-hmm. And had he not, uh, he was doing what he should have done, which was try to get the rebound. Got a hand on it, knocked it out of bounds, which gave them an opportunity to throw long. And and rest is history. They, they make I, when I when I saw him catch the ball. I had a good angle for it, and I could see that it had a chance to go in. Yeah. But it was it was a devastating thing for me um, to uh, you know to see. But uh, just felt like that you know we had to set the table for uh, Rod Barnes as he came on to be able to do some some special things. Would you have, would you have been shocked or surprised back in the day if I told you, hey, in a little more than two decades, Keith's the AD here? No, no, I you know what. I knew that all of those guys would be successful. You know, I didn't know what they were going to do, but I knew the character that every one of those guys had. You know, I had told my guys, my coaches, I want you to go out and when we're recruiting, I want you to get guys that can play for me. You know, I'm not going, I'm, you know, I'm not going to change. And, uh, you know, I want guys that are going to be uh, willing to, to do what we ask them to do. Keith Carter was one of the toughest uh, guys uh, around. Uh, we recruited him late. Uh, we had lost uh, a guy out of Arkansas we thought we were going to get, and he ended up going with Eddie Sutton to Oklahoma State. Wow. Uh, and I got a call from a coaching friend of mine that said, I know you're disappointed you didn't get 
the kid uh, last night, but there's a kid here named Keith Carter. And I'm telling you, Coach, he's he can really play. And I asked my staff, I said, have you guys seen this Keith Carter kid? And they said, well, Coach, we we watched that, you know, the team play, but I, we don't remember it. And so uh, I said, well, a friend of mine is telling me that he he can play. Get on the phone. And so we got on the phone and called Keith. And it was the next day was signing day. Oh, wow. And the early signing. And so I called, called Keith and said, listen, I'm sure you have some other offers. Uh, but if you uh, are not satisfied with those offers and you want to wait and I get a chance to come see you play, there's a good chance we might sign you to Ole Miss. I say, but if you feel comfortable with those other ones, I totally understand it. And he called me back the next day and he said, Coach, he said, I'm going to wait till late signing. And so I got my assistant coach and, and uh, we went down and watched him play about three weeks later because he was sick and wasn't playing. So when he got ready to play, I went down and watched him. And I was sitting with my assistant coach, Russ Penn, and I uh, watched him play uh, half of a game. And I said, listen, guys, I said, when we – I said, listen, Russ, when we walk out of here, you get on the phone and you call Keith Carter and you tell him he has a scholarship to Ole Miss. I said, because if anybody else sees him mm-hmm. and we don't have a commitment, we ain't getting him. And uh, so we – Russ called him and Keith said, I, I want to come to Ole Miss. But, no, I, I'm not surprised at that. I'm not surprised at Michael White. I'm not surprised at any of the guys because they were – they were totally committed to doing the right things. And I saw Keith, when Keith was assistant AD uh, here at uh, uh, Ole Miss, he came to Dallas and received an award uh, for one of the top assistant ADs in the country. And uh, I knew then I said, it won't, I, I said, I'm hopeful that it'll be at Ole Miss, but it's not going to be long before he's an AD because he's, and I, I tell people now, you know, uh, when, when they, you know, anytime there's a decision to be made, Keith has to make a decision. I always tell him, I say, Keith's going to make the right decision. And it's going to be his decision. Mm-hmm. You know, and he'll listen to everybody else. He'll get all the information he needs. But Keith's not afraid to make decisions, tough decisions. You identifying that type of person through recruiting, too. Yeah, you look at your roster from those early years, and whether it's administration or coaching with these guys or business with a guy like Hunter, I mean, you have – it is people who have been so sound in whatever they have decided to do. Could you pick that up even from a recruiting standpoint? Not only did I pick it up, it was a requirement yeah. for me that, you know, that I, I knew what it was going to take for them to be successful. And I got in the business to make sure that these, that the guys that I coached and, and, and mentored to, that they had an opportunity to do the same thing that I did, which was have an opportunity to be successful. So uh, I made sure that we gave them the right tools. I always tell people, you know, kids, you know, kids uh, mature at different ages. You know, I, I've, I've had kids that were that were mature at 15 years old, and I've had guys that don't mature till they're 40. And so you have to stay with those guys. And and I was making sure that I gave them the right information. I was making sure that I put them in the right situation. I was making sure that they were in class. I was making sure that they were doing what they should be doing uh, otherwise. I was making sure that they were in that dorm at the right time and not out doing mm-hmm. because that's a promise that I made to their parents that I was going to be their father uh, away from home. And uh, I was obligated to do that. My wife was going to be their mother away from home. And she did that. So no, I'm not surprised at all because these guys do it exactly. Uh, and they had the character uh, uh, for what we were looking for. What was the recruiting story on on Ansu? Ansu uh, was being recruited by uh, Santa Barbara and the University of New Mexico. 
my cousin Tony Benford was assistant coach at New Mexico, and he was recruiting him. And they signed another kid, and 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 Tony took the coach. We got this other kid. I'm all happy with with Ansu. Ansu went to Santa Barbara and had a great visit, except he got food poisoned while he was there, which didn't help him a lot. Soured the visit a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he came and visited us, and he really liked the liked everything. He liked Oxford. He liked Ole Miss. He liked what I was telling him. He liked his teammates, and he wanted to come. But his mother would never sign the papers. You know, we had the, we had the papers, and we couldn't get him to sign. We couldn't get him to, couldn't get her to sign. And so, um, he said, "You know, what's the deal?" So Russ Penn, my assistant coach, he said, "Coach, why don't we do this?" So we got a group of people together. In my office, in the old office I had in my office, uh, to on a on a, uh, on a on a call, you know, conference call. I got the dean of students, who's black. I got the dean of law school, who's black. I got the dean of uh, engineering, who's black. I'm the head coach. I'm black. I got assistant coach. Every and the, the dean of uh, the uh, academic advisor was black, uh-huh. and. And so we, and my wife was there, we were all in the office. And so we got on the phone and I, and uh, Russ Pennell was saying, you know, you've talked to 10 people here. I'm the only white guy, white person that you talk to out of, out of the other 10. If things are so bad, you know, why are all these people in position of power? And she was like, yeah, but you know, I'm familiar with Ole Miss. I'm familiar sure. with that. I'm in the history. And, and so my wife said, Rob, let me talk to her. And so my wife got on the phone and started talking to her and said, if things were so bad here, my son is going to school here. Our daughter's going to school here. We brought our family here. If 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 things were so bad, we would not have brought our family here. So they talked for a while. And I heard my wife say, I'm glad to hear that. And she hung the phone and she said, she said she sent in the papers in the morning. <laughs> and it was just a mother talking to a mother, yeah. you know, that uh, – uh, that she believed. Now, uh, Marie Cissé was her name, is, is his mother's name, and Miss Cissé calls us once every two weeks from the time that he left school here till today. Still? Still. She calls just to check in and see how we're doing and how's Mrs. Evans and just, and, but I get calls like that. Oh, wow. You know, and it's just amazing. Uh, if it's my birthday, if it's Christmas, if it's a holiday, my phone ring. I wake up in the morning. My phone's ringing. A text are coming from former players, uh, former coaches, parents. Um, it's just, uh, it's just been, a, it's just been a blessing. That's amazing. That's really, that's really, really, really cool. So many, and in, in so many different ways. What, um, I guess speaking on that, on that, on that, we lost him earlier this year. What was your relationship like with Coolidge Ball? You know, did you know it, Coolidge? Do well, I know Coolidge? I mean, I know you know him, but I mean, how well, how for long? I recruited Coolidge. Right. Now, what people don't know this story, and I never told this story before, uh, when Coolidge, while Coolidge was living and he's here. My roommate at New Mexico State University was a guy named Sam Lacey. Sam Lacey was from Indianola, Mississippi. Coolidge Ball's from Indianola, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Sam was my roommate. Sam was an All-American at New, at New Mexico State University, first-round draft choice by the Cincinnati Royals, played 15, 16 years in the NBA. But he's my roommate. And he told me about Coolidge, my first year of uh, coaching. And I came down in Enola and recruited Coolidge. 
I signed Coolidge Ball to New Mexico State. He signed a letter, a national letter with us. Came out and spent the summer at uh, New Mexico State. Was very homesick. Very, very homesick. And decided he wanted to come back home. And uh, we agreed to do that. But I had recruited him. He had signed with us. And he came back to uh, Mississippi and uh, and uh, signed with Ole Miss. And the rest is history. He was a tremendous mm -hmm. young man. Uh, when I came here as a coach, he was very supportive of me, uh, always doing everything he could to uh, encourage me. Uh, and I was so sad when I uh, got the news that he had passed away. When you when you left, did you believe Rod was probably the apparent the next guy? What did you, I guess Rod Rod had come back your second year? When, when when did Rod come back into the program? Rod came back the second year. Yeah, right. in the program when I. Uh, I decided to make a change in my staff after the first year. Uh, Coach Alford had asked me when I took the job if I would keep one of the assistant coaches on for budgetary reasons, and I told him that'd be fine. And so I kept Danny Alexander on for a year. After the first year, I felt like I needed to make a change. Uh, and uh, so I went to the Final Four and visited with uh, probably 40, 50 assistant coaches mm -hmm. while I was there. Uh, and... I came back to Oxford, and, and somebody at the ticket office asked me, said, uh, have you decided who you're going to hire? And I said, no. I said, man, I talked to 40, 30, 40 people, and I just I, – I, I, I didn't feel good about any of them. And she said, well, have you, did you talk to Rod Barnes while you were there? And I said, no. I said, I saw him on the street, and I know that he's with Ed Murphy. You know, he was, he was at, at that school and in, in, in – uh, I said, but I never talked to him. And she said, boy, he's really a great guy. He worked here in the ticket office. He's this, he's that. And I said, well, so I called Rod and I said, hey, I want you to come down and let's let's talk. You know, I got a job open. Well, I flew him in. He flew in and he was with me for about an hour or two. And I said, my God, this is the, this is the uh -huh. guy I've been looking for. And uh, so I ended up hiring him. And uh, he and I, uh, we, we, we talk now, we talk. Every other day, okay. you know, I'm actually uh, I was supposed to go uh, and, and and visit with him and his staff and his coaches last week, but we put it off till uh, I come from this trip. But uh, you asked me that I that I think that he was the heir apparent. I, I didn't. Okay, I didn't. Uh, I really felt like that he was definitely uh, worthy of it, but I felt like that Russ Pennell was my top assistant at that time, and I felt like they're probably going to. You know, going to uh, and, and and so I didn't have any input in it uh, because I was leaving. Sure, of course. You know, and uh, but Rod had Rod and Russ both had come to me and asked me if I would go to bat for him in a job, and I said, guys, I'm you know, I don't think they're going to listen to me much <laughs> because you know, uh, you know, we're, we're we're leaving, and sure. uh, but. And so, but I was I was excited for either one of them, but I was happy that Rod got the opportunity, uh, and he uh, he's proven that you know he was he was worthy of it. Uh, I, I I would have stayed here uh, as the as the uh, as the head coach, but I, when I came in, you know I I, I told the administration I said I'm going to build your program, I'm going to build it, and I'm going to build it where it will sustain itself, uh, and then when I do. I got to go back closer to home because my parents are getting up in age uh, and I need to spend some time with them. 
it's either for me if I'm back closer to home. Sure. Um, and so uh, once we got the program built up, uh, Kevin White, yeah, uh, Michael White's dad, he had called me the year before. And he had said, Rob, I want to call and talk to you about some different coaches that I'm interested in. I know you know all the coaches. And and uh, he said, I'm, 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 I'm going to make a change here. And this was like in uh, September. And I said, Kevin, I said, this is September. I said, you're not going to be able to get a good coach in September. You know, yeah. I said, he said, well, what would you do if you were me? And I said, well, I would name an interim coach. And then I, at the end of the year, I'd get who I wanted. And so that's what he did. Okay, he man. moved the assistant coach up, named him. He he was interim coach for that year. And then after we uh, after we lost the game at Valpo, a couple of days later, he called me. And he said, listen, he said, I got this job open and, I, you know, I want to talk to you about it. It's probably not going anywhere, he said, because if I hire you, then I'm taking you away from Michael. Right. And he said, I don't want to do Michael that way. And I said, I understand. And so my wife and I flew in. And when we flew in and we talked for a while, then he offered me the job. And he said, I need to have a press conference. I want to have a press conference tomorrow. And I said, Kevin, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. I got to fly back and I got to. I got to talk to my team. I got to talk to my staff. I got to talk to administration. I owe them that. And he said, I understand. And that's what we did. You know, mm -hmm. we flew back here and, and and wife and I talked about it and talked to my family. And we decided that it was time to go try to uh, get closer to closer to home. Odd spot for Mike there a little bit. <laughs> you know, Michael, his dad told me, Michael said, I don't want to lose Coach Evans, but I want what's best for him and his family. Mm -hmm. And that's just Michael, you know, that's just the way that he would, you know, he, he would do it. I, you know, it's, it's interesting to talk about Michael, you know, he's coaching when he's coaching in Florida. I watch his games all the time, you know, and I critique him, you know, I'm still coaching. And one night we were sitting there and he, he had a uh, three point lead. Uh, I don't know what about 15 seconds, 20 seconds to go. And I'm saying, Michael, you got to foul. You got to foul. You don't let this guy shoot. And, and the guy shot it and hit a three. Mm -hmm. And I was so upset. And I, and I started texting him. And I'm like, Mike, you know, I mean, you know better than this. You know, you yeah. know you should have done this. You know you should have done that. And as I'm doing it, I said, I need to, I don't need to be coaching Michael's team. I need to delete this. But I sent it to him. And then I apologized. I, I texted him. I said, Michael, I said, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have sent that to you. And he texted me back and said, Coach, I appreciate you doing it. He said, I want you to tell me that. He said, I don't mind you coaching me. I just don't want my dad and my mother. Oh, coaching. good. That's good. <laughs> Were you, uh, I, I guess, they go on the run in 2001. They get Sweet 16 still with the you know program you build, still in that same iteration in a lot of ways. What do you kind of remember from that, that well, couple I, of weeks? I remember being so proud of that and uh, watching and following them and so happy for those guys and, and so happy for the program and the Ole Miss family. Uh, and my wife uh, and I called Rod and we said they were playing – I think they were playing in Kansas City. They were. And uh, so we said, I told him, I said, we'll be there. And uh, my wife and I got uh, got on a plane and flew to Kansas City and surprised everybody, all the Ole Miss family. They didn't know where we were coming. And so spent time. And I was so excited. You, you know, they end up with uh, 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 Jason Harrison hitting a couple of free throws and stuff to to beat uh, uh, Iona, I think, and then beat Notre Dame. Uh, I was so excited, so happy for him. And then the next year, you know, going as far as they did and and, uh, and end up losing to Arizona. 
which was my nemesis too. Uh, but um, I was just excited for I was excited for Rod mm-hmm. and Bridget, but I was also excited for those players and for the Ole Miss family that things were things were going pretty good. You got a busy afternoon today. You're going to see some people. Reception tonight. What all are you trying to, to get done here in the next couple of days while you're in town? I want to see all the all the friends and uh, and players and friends and uh, staff and administrators. I want to spend it. But I got I got friends, coaching head coaching friends of mine coming in from uh, uh, from different places. I got people from Phoenix, Arizona that uh, was with us at Arizona State that's coming in. So. Uh, don't know how we're going to get a chance to visit with everybody. It's going to wear my wife out because she's got friends coming down. The coach's wife's coming down. So, But we are looking forward to uh, a, a great weekend and just so thankful that Coach Beard uh, uh, put this together because he didn't have to do it. Uh, he's got enough on his plate uh, that he didn't have to be worried about doing all this stuff. But he and Wynn, uh, Case, have just – done an unbelievable job of keeping us informed and, and doing everything. And and uh, I, I, I follow Ole Miss. I watch every game they play, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's taped or whatever, uh, because it's just part of me and my family. Uh, and we're just so excited for uh, that Coach Beard is here. And he's going to bring some uh, a lot, a lot of uh, things that's going to happen here. Last thing, I, I meant to do this earlier, and I've already kept you way longer than I, than I promised you I was going to, but when you – the pavilion happens and you get the new building and you drag them kicking and screaming into the facilities. What, what'd you think when you finally see what they were able to finally do from a building to and pavilion standpoint? I was so proud uh, of uh, the Ole Miss uh, uh, people for stepping up to the plate. I tell people uh, around the country that it's the best on campus facility in the country. Uh, And uh, just to be a part of uh, helping to build that, gives me great satisfaction because I know where uh, it was from the beginning. Not a lot of people, a lot of young people don't, don't know that, but uh, to be a part of uh, something like that, uh, it just says that we were, hopefully we were about the right things. Rob, I can't thank you enough. Awesome job. I appreciate it and hope you have a great weekend. It's been my pleasure and thank you so much.